from The Kingdom, directed by Lars von Trier. Whether my patient is under anesthetic or not, whether he's under hypnosis or has just been knocked out by a blunt instrument is totally irrelevant to me, but I'll be damned if he doesn't shut up. This is Gothic. The Gothic Podcast is a horror and humor actual play audio drama. As such, it contains material, including our jokes, that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Good evening, Sojourners. I'm back. And Hi, so back. Are I'm the... Sharon. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good to be back with everybody, and now um, we are all back in the steaming heat of the Pacific Northwest, and I guess the same heat for Richard in the Midwest. The same heat, but to the left. Yeah. <laughs> you almost made me spit out my wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, anything else I miss? Um, I got my hair cut. What? Oh, uh, yep, did it. Finally chopped it, needed a summer do. My neck was cooking too much. Yeah, I was going to say, I uh, haven't uh, committed yet, but I am debating, seriously, taking myself back to the pompadour I once had. It is very warm. And I'm the only dingling growing his hair out, apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, you could you could try for a pompadour, too, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm thinking about it. It's, uh, it's a good idea. Pompadour buddies. Now for the uh, Instagram, I have got to go find a picture of an alien in a pompadour. <laughs> Even though tonight is not an alien RPG episode. So for those of you tuning in, and uh, if you haven't been keeping up with the meta story that encompasses the alien RPG this season, the uh, Dead of Night RPG last season, our Veep RPG that we're doing for next season. <laughs> Are you ready to go back to Macon, Missouri for our hunters there? LJ Bradley, Dr. Grace Moreau, Nathan Red Winters, the other seekers who were not involved directly in the incidents that have brought you to where you currently are, which is hospital beds in the Samaritan Hospital in Macon, Missouri, right off of Highway 63, just south of the Taco Bell. Hmm. Making my way in Missouri today. (laughs) Everything we've got. LJ and Dr. Grace and Red sure can kill a lot. This is not the musical episode. (laughs) Disclaimer warning. (laughs) That's in season four. You promise? You promise? I absolutely promise that it is in season four. Great. Interestingly, uh, the Samaritan Hospital is also just east of City Hall, but 
that's not really going to matter to you on this night, uh, because, well, it is night, as best you can tell from the darkness outside the windows of your hospital rooms, your separate hospital rooms. Before we go to those, though, let's remember what brought us here. You all were sending pestilence back to where it came from, or that was the goal, and LJ tried to push uh, certain powers that he had managed to access somehow, some way, powers that were not L.J. Bradley's, but rather those of Lori of the Angels. And, well, it went wrong, and bad things happened, including uh, an explosion that took Ugh. out his beloved motorcycle, Luna. No! <laughs> and after that explosion, you don't remember much, but what our viewers see is the... Samaritan Hospital in Macon, Missouri. It is night. The fluorescents are on in the parking lots. There is a bit of a fog that causes them to glow strangely in the night. One or two flicker on and off. Inside, we see a room. There are a lot of machines hooked up to the person in the bed. They all are beeping reasonably quietly. The figure in the bed is that of Haven Harrow. Her eyes are closed, and she has a lot of contusions and cuts and bandaging. We move from her room to the room of Dr. Grace Moreau. Dr. Grace, you came to consciousness here in this hospital room, and there was a man standing in just inside the doorway. He has a pork pie hat in hand. He is wearing a natty dark suit and wearing a bow tie. And he says to you, Ah, well, let me get my non-Texas accent, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I'm uh, glad that you are uh, finally awake. Uh, there's, well, the box is still opening. War has gotten out. You recognize this man as much as you hate him. You recognize him as Ethan Cray, a member of the Nix Collective. And as much as you wish to leap up, and punch him in the face. You are unable to do so for two reasons. One, your prosthetics are gone, and you are in a hospital bed. And two, well, what is the other reason that you can't just get up and punch this guy from the Knicks Collective? What have you done with him, or to him, or for him, or vice versa, that has made it so that you are reluctant allies. Well, I don't, I don't expect I feel great, uh, for one thing. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like we had a history of working on similar projects, but in a rival capacity in terms of technological development and the research of the fusion of magic and science. 
So is this work that you have been doing together here in Macon, or was this pre-Macon? I think this was pre-Macon. He is a member of the Nix Collective. You presumably did not know that then before, but you do know it now. Well, I I knew like the you know uh, I knew that the Nix Collective was likely to have been working on things like large scale summoning, which is how when I was looking at the map with the little stars on where all the houses are with uh, hotels, I was like, ah, this is probably the Nix Collective or potentially Amazon. So I think it's plausible that I would have known he was part of the Nix Collective. Okay. You worked on similar projects, but not together. So why why would that make a difference here? What has happened here in Macon? Oh, recently? Yes. Just think of the wonders of the narrative that you can now shape uh... with your answer to this question. <laughs> this is a question that I was <laughs> not actually expecting. Let me uh, sit on it for a second. As Dr. Grace rummages through her muddled and slowly returning consciousness and memories, knowing who this man is, but taking a moment to put the pieces back together. Let's go over to the hospital room of L.J. Bradley. You have been conscious in and out throughout this ordeal. Listeners at home, Jesse is now acting this out on the screen. (laughs) In fast-forward motions. In fast-forward motion. But it has been a bit dreamy. And one of the things that you... Oh, Patrick. Trying to get into my dreams again. (laughs) It's not Dr. McDreamy. (laughs) Okay. One of the things that has recurred during these moments of consciousness is... That image, as Dr. Grace's sprinter van flips over you, having just been pummeled by Pestilence, the writer, that vision of Andy Locke, your childhood friend, who you got to also see in those moments of ghostly clarity in her adult form. Her older form, the form you did not remember when you went back to the 50s because you had only known her as a kid, but that of Cassie Sutherland, uh, the young woman who you had gone drag racing with and tried to save over and over again back in the 50s, who did not remember you then either, if it even was. It's very confusing, but those images are the ones that have flickered in and out. And as you regain full consciousness, your heart beating fast enough to make the machines that you are attached to spike a little bit. Beep, 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 beep. The lights in the room flicker. In another hospital room nearby, Nathan Red Winters, you have been sipping on a Sprite, and... I'm texting. Got to be sweet tea. (laughs) They didn't have that. They had Sprite. Oh, hell. (laughs) And mulling over whether or not you wish to eat the Jello, you look up, and there is a little girl standing in your room. She's wearing a hospital gown. She is perhaps eight or nine, 
She has dark hair, long. She's rather pale. Uh, You do see that uh, there is a piece of tape on her arm from where an IV was probably plugged in. There's also a dangling receptacle for said IV tube. And she just stares at you. What do you do? Well, that ain't good. Uh, hey, hey there, uh, little girl. Um, you, you, I don't, I don't think you're supposed to be, uh, out and about like that. What, what you doing in my room here? Hi, mister. I w- got scared in my room. Okay. Um, what, what was scary in your room? There was a man. And she's just standing there staring at you still. I mean, men can be pretty scary. Uh, uh. What you reckon so scary about this fella? He didn't have a face. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. Uh, I mean that'll uh, that that'll uh, do it. Uh, didn't didn't have a face. Okay. Um, hey, uh, what what you in there for, prisoner? You uh, just out of curiosity, wonder why you in this uh, uh, fine establishment? Me, I's uh, I got banged up a little. What what about what what about you? Uh oh, I I was uh, I was playing in my yard. Uh, the other night, and um, I got, um, uh, she like turns around and shows you a big um, bandaged area on the back of her head where it's been shaved away. Um, I got hit by what they said was a piece of a motorcycle. Uh, no! I, uh... No! Oh my god, can her name be Luna, please? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Luna's a pacifist, yo. We will go back to Dr. Grace's room for a moment. Oh, Dr. Thanks. Grace, what do you got on Ethan well, Cray? If it's if it's got to be something that's happened since I've come to Macon, the best I've come up with is he has expertise we might need, which I'm thinking probably is to do with the kind of large scale, because I'm still thinking about Lazarus Kane in the house and how to handle that. And... um I'm thinking that probably Ethan Cray has extensive knowledge of the kind of rituals that would be required for such a large-scale arcane operation. And um, as much as it pains me to think it, we might need his expertise. Ethan, what would you like me to do about it? The same thing you've been doing, of course. Mm, I gathered from uh, what... uh... The police reports don't say that um, you were able to um, dispatch pestilence in some way. Dispatch. You know. Uh, how do you Americans say it? Um, iced him? Yes, and I did that so efficiently that here I lie. I gesture with my arms with all the tubes coming out of them. Oh, well, pestilence is gone, though. Did you not know? Well, no, Ethan. I've been unconscious for the last... I, je- I look ostentatiously at my bare wrist. Uh, three days. Three days. It was three apparently days. a very large explosion. Uh, the police aren't quite able to determine how one motorcycle could blow up that much. He chuckles a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and the van? Oh, well, how is your insurance? <laughs> What happened to the van? I believe it's in police impound at the moment, but it's on a flatbed. Oh, um, don't worry. Um, my colleagues have removed the important items. Oh, I'm sure they have. My question remains the same. 
what would you like me to do about this? I want you and your friends to do whatever it was you did to Pestilence, and let's put war back in the box, too, before we have three more out and about. Oh, yes, let's. Let's, let's work together, Ethan. That's just wonderful. Remind me, whomst was it who opened the box? How about manipulate someone? All right. Plus charm. Oh, great. That's a wonderful, that's a wonderful <laughs> skill that I have. <laughs> it's a five. <laughs> Ta-da. Mark experience. Yep. Well, Dr. Grace, you may recall that when your friends Haven Harrow and Nathan Winters made their way out of our care, um, well, they destroyed the containment device. So, of course, I mean, in the end, all this is, well, your fault. I'm sorry, why were they being detained in your little mining operation? We've gone over all of this. Trespassing. Trespassing. We were just holding them for the police. I'm sure you were. Have you um communicated much with the police here in Macon? He chuckles. Or at all? Well, no. So the way I see it, you've been investigating things beyond your comprehension. Suffered a containment breach. Had an accident. Endangered the entire world. And now expect me to clean up your mess. Because I hit something with my van. We have state-of-the-art scientific equipment. Beyond state-of-the-art. I'm aware of the status of your equipment. (laughs) Nice. The Gothic Podcast (laughs) recommends viewer discretion. (laughs) (laughs) While you're talking, you hear a crash in the hallway. As of one of those uh, stainless steel trolley covered in scalpels and scissors and such falling over onto the um, tile floor of the hallway. All three of you hear this. The little girl, Nathan, looks over her shoulder now. First movement you've really seen out of her other than talking. And suddenly she becomes very animated and she runs over to the bed and grabs your arm. Her hands are cold. Well, like I said before, that ain't good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, uh, little Missy, you're 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 uh, you're kind of freezing there. Uh, how how long you been uh, around these parts anyway? Just out of, out of curiosity. Um, uh, uh, I think three days, maybe. They've been holding me for observation. They said. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, you you said you got uh, uh, hit by a piece of metal from a motorcycle. I believe that was what. Uh, I bet I bet that's a nasty looking wound. You want to uh, show it to me? <laughs> you want me to take my bandage off? Oh, I mean, where where is it? Where is it at? Is it like there on the back of your head or something? Or, or like? Uh, no, no, that that's not that's not necessary. I was just uh, I, I was just thinking about uh something. Yeah. Hey, uh, just just out of just out of curiosity, um, where, where's your mom and dad at? Um, well, I mean, they they stay here a lot, but it's after visiting hours. Uh, all right. So, uh, how long was it, has it been since I've been here? And and like he's just audibly very nervous. You know, you can or audibly, noticeably nervous, and audibly nervous. <laughs> <laughs> all of the above. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, uh, go ahead and manipulate someone. I mean, you're trying to get her to give you some information here that uh, isn't the first thing on her mind. Okay. If she uh, has one left, plus charm. Uh, what's the, what is that? Eight, nine. It's been a few hours. Uh, w- would you please come and scare? I, I, I think I'm supposed to be in bed. Would you please come and scare off the faceless man? Oh, oh good lord! All right. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I'd love to. I, I'd ask a doctor, but I pushed the button and nobody came. Well, that's uh, that's, that's comforting. This just gets better and better. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's just uh, let's just go scare away this guy without a face in there. Uh, how, the, how the heck do I keep getting into these uh, kind of situations? So as as I as Nathan tries to get out of bed, uh, which I'm assuming isn't a problem? Question mark. You might not have a problem with that. Let me give you a chance to gain some experience points. Go ahead and uh, act under pressure. Act under pressure. Under pressure. Act under pressure. Uh, Usually it's Sharon that says that, but I figured I had to get it in. And that's my favorite move in Monsters of the Week. Act <laughs> under pressure. Oh, Ooh, nice. That is, uh, what, six? You get out of the hospital bed and are suddenly quite woozy. You realize that you got up too fast. You really should have had the jello. Um, and you grab a hold of the sheets on your hospital bed, and you and them all go down to the floor. And you're going to have a minus one forward. So a minus one on your neck roll hmm. as you get your get your feet underneath you and and you're you're gonna be a little bit uh groggy, a little bit out of it. You you thought you were okay, but apparently you're not. It, it it's all right. Just give me one I, I didn't have my uh my I'm uh, ass kicking boots on. I mean uh butt kicking boots. I'm sorry there, little miss guy. I, I I'm I'm a little out of sorts. Uh um um you know what? We're just going to go without the boots. Let's see if we can... Uh, <laughs> let's just try to stand up here. How about that? Your boots are over by a chair in the uh, in the corner of the room. Oh, thank God. Unfortunately, the rest of your clothes are not. You do have a vague memory of early on when you were in, you know, more delirious of saying, I need my boots. <laughs> <laughs> well... I mean, I am Texan. Uh, you know what? Boots sound like a heck of an idea. Boots in a hospital gown. It's uh, not exactly what I had in mind, but That's uh, a look. But it's what we're going for. So, yeah, Nathan's actually going to take a moment to put his boots on. Because <laughs> he just feels better with them on his feet. Incredible. All right, LJ, what are you doing? Flashing up out of all of these um, memories and dreams and everything um, from... Andy and Cassie and also the van flipping and Gracie and Haven. First thing, LJ always checks his stats. My arm's working. My leg's working. What's going on? I'm in a hospital room. And looking around the room, um, is there like anything specific around the room? Uh, I mean, it's a fairly standard hospital room. You don't have you know, that much equipment attached to you, a couple of, uh, you know, monitors uh, and uh, an IV. How do I feel, like, slowly moving each limb? Uh, You seem to be more or less functional. 
Would you like to read a bad situation? I will read a bad situation, yes. Roll plus sharp. Which is zero. <laughs> LJ is not that sharp, man. All of us are not rolling our best stats today. But I rolled a 12. Nice. nice. You get to hold three. And you don't have to use all of them right this second. I will hold one for right now. What's my best way out? Probably the door down the hallway. Uh, I'm hoping to use that as I burst through the door. And like as I'm pulling like all of the monitors off of me, IV out of me if there's an IV on me. And like as soon as I get to the hallway looking for a nurse's station and I'm hollering out, Haven! Gracie! So what what is what is your thought process here as this is happening? I mean, what what is your you heard the clatter, but it's not it's not about that. It's about you coming out of the shock of all of the rest of the stuff that happened. As I come to consciousness and the lights are flickering and everything, um, LJ goes into this moment of like, this has got to be some bad shit, man. So he's like trying to find his friends and trying to protect them. So you want to use one of the holes as to what is your best way out? Or what is the best way to protect the victims? <laughs> Ooh, let's go with protect the victims then. Okay. I'm trying to find Gracie and Haven and Red. And Red is a second thought, mostly focusing on Haven and Grace. But if Red happens across my radar as I'm trying to find them, that's a different situation. Best way to protect the victims is to find them and to be armed when you do so. It's been both days and moments for you. Um, since you were just fighting a horseman of the apocalypse. And so you are wired up. Um, you are in a hospital gown. You have no shoes on. You're only wearing your skivvies, uh, which I assume um, have a motorcycle on them. Yes. <laughs> no, they, they totally do. Like one of those old panhandles like Luna is. <laughs> they, they used to, but much like Back to the Future, they fade away as the motorcycle. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's a, a hole burned <laughs> right like where that. the motorcycle was. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, um, and LJ don't care. If he notices something that he can use along the way, like if there is a... An axe. Uh, well, or even a fire <laughs> extinguisher, for that matter. Just something that he can grab. I saw flickering lights. I came out of a bad situation. This is my first... And LJ would be like, yeah, man, I don't care. I'll, I'll hit him with a fire extinguisher. Or I'll blow that shit in their face. I just have to note that if nothing is happening, then LJ is going to be going to jail soon. Um, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> in, an, in a new two-part episode called LJ Goes to the Jail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Again. LJ, you stumble out of bed. You're a bit woozy. You hurry as best you can over to the door, ripping out your IV as you go. The monitoring cables are torn off of you, and your machine starts beeping in an annoying and demanding way. And you make it to the door, and you look both ways down the hallway, and it seems dimmer than it should. I mean, you've been in a hospital here or there. And it's night, so it's on, you know, it's on night hours, and maybe the lights are dim for that reason, but they're also flickering here and there, those overhead fluorescents just flickering on and off. Are we going to do Resident Evil for the next season? To, to 
the right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It takes you a, a moment to identify Nathan Red Winters. He's not wearing the hat. He is wearing the cowboy boots. Uh, and he's got a, a hospital gown on, just like you. Uh, there's also a little girl standing next to him. And he is just now beginning to peer out into the hallway, a door or so down. And from another doorway, not too far away, uh, you see a natalie dressed British man step out into the hall and look back and forth, too. He has a hat in his hand. Nathan, uh, you um, come out of the hallway just in time to see LJ bursting out, also wearing a hospital gown. Red! Red man! Do you know where Gracie's at? Do you know where Haven's at? I, uh, I, I, I don't. Uh, quick question. Uh, do you think you're still alive? <laughs> A split second where I go over and pinch myself, actually pinch myself. No, I'm good, man. Roll, am I alive? Am I alive? <laughs> Investigate <is> <laughs> a mystery. <laughs> and LJ no, no, becomes a philosopher. You, you pinch yourself and <laughs> you seem to be okay. I mean, you felt it anyway. Ow! Red gives you the shoulder shrug. Like, somehow that's good enough for him. Like, all right, I buy that. And he kind of gives the head nod to the little girl and, like, does the arms up and the shoulder shrug. Like, mm, maybe not so much on this one. Oh, hey, you want to go check uh, this girl's room? Uh, I think maybe it'd be worthwhile. Also, I might not be uh, in uh, full control of my faculties at the moment, but I do got my boots, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> the British fellow looks at both of you and goes, Ah, um, LJ Bradley. And I believe uh, we haven't met officially, but I have seen you around, uh, Mr. Winters. Hey, how do you do? Ethan Cray. I believe if you're looking for your one of your companions, at least, she is in here. I'm alive, LJ. I'm rushing in, yeah. The uh, little girl, um, Nathan, is uh, pull it, tugging on your arm toward her room, which looks like it's the one next to yours. So a different room than uh, Mr. Cray is trying to pull us into? Yes. Uh, all right, hey, uh, if I'm not right back, y'all might want to check on that. I'll be, I'll be right there. As he kind of gets pulled into the, the girl's room. Nathan Winters disappears into the little girl's room, perhaps forever. And uh, LJ, you burst into Dr. Grace's room. You see Dr. Grace there uh, in her hospital bed. Uh, she is covered with, with um, um, sensors and IVs and such. Reach out for a hug. Yeah, I'm right there. Uh, I would run over to the bed and and reciprocate. Did I notice any wheelchairs or any of Grace's normal accoutrements hanging around? Not hers specifically, but there is a wheelchair in the uh, hallway. Back in the hallway, I remember seeing it. Okay. Um, we got to get out of here, Gracie. Um, Something strange is going on. I'm having a lot of memories. I don't know what's going on with you, but we've got to get out of here. Well, it's worse news because this gentleman who is in my room is from the Nyx Collective. He knows us. He wants us to stop the next horseman who's coming out of the box. Is he still hanging by the door? Hello. This is like in, in the hug. I'm like muttering into his ear. Like that look back over my shoulder. LJ looks back over his shoulder and, uh, and Ethan Craig gives a little like queen wave. In that little hug, turn back to Gracie. Can we trust him? Absolutely not. Good to know. 
let's get out of here. Run out back to the hall, grab the wheelchair, and start trying to load Gracie up. Keeping an eye on where Red went, just to see if I notice anything from that direction. Would you like to use any more of your holds? I will, actually. I am going to use my second hold for the what is the biggest threat. As you are in the hallway, LJ, you grab the wheelchair. It's one of those folding ones. And uh, you pop it open. And it's just as you are kind of settling it on the ground and, and pushing it back and forth a little bit to make sure that it rolls all right, that you look up and you see that just past where Nathan Winters went into the room with the little girl, the lights are out in a section there, and you see a figure, or you think you see a figure. It's not silhouetted against the light in the hallway beyond it. It's more like it's a darker figure against the shadows on the wall. So instead of uh, Silent Hill, are we playing The Grudge for next season? Because that's... Uh... That's a strong visual there. <laughs> so I see this at the end of the hallway. It's actually kind of in the middle. Beyond it, there are more lights, which are flickering, but they're there. And where you are, there's lights. But there's a section just past the uh, little girl's room where uh, Nathan Winters went in. And you think you see that figure slip into that room. What do you do, LJ? It could be your imagination. I call out, Red, we gotta go! Um, I'm so torn because I want to get this wheelchair back in and, uh, yeah, I mean, first, first things first, LJ is going after Gracie and loading her up and trying to move her in that direction or out of that direction. In the hospital room next to your own, Nathan, you find yourself in a, a room where the overhead lights are not on. There, there is a light. It is a reading light uh, that is attached to the frame of the hospital bed, and it is turned on. And there's a book, uh, a, uh, it's a Percy Jackson book, mm. on the uh, nightstand right next to the hospital bed. And the little girl is pulling on your arm and pulling you in, and she, she says, she's looking around, and she goes, I, I thought it'd be scared of you. I think it's scared of you. But uh, would you check under the bed, please? Uh, sure. I'm getting down. It's going to be easy these days. Uh, it's getting back up, and I'm worried about it. Well, well let's, let's have a look under the bed. And he's going to try to slowly lower himself down as gracefully as possible. Which probably isn't going to work with Darn, but... Can I retroactively use the let's get out of here to protect someone to try and influence Red? To hear my voice and get the F out of Dodge. Right. <laughs> so this is where he's gotten to before he hears your voice. So you can absolutely okay. use that move. So what? Uh, tell us about the move. Uh, let's get out of here. Uh, Red, we gotta go. Um, if you can protect someone by telling them what to do or by leading them out, roll plus charm instead of tough. Okay. Forgot how useful your playbook is. All right, go for it. My charm is good, so... Oh, yeah, um, 9 plus 3, yeah, 12. Okay. That means on a 10 plus, you can choose an extra. You're going to be protecting um, them okay, but uh, but according to protect someone... I have four choices. 
Yeah, you protect them okay, but you'll suffer some or all the harm they were going to get, but you might be able to eliminate some of that if you uh, choose correctly. Can I select hold the enemy back while I get Red and Dr. Grace out of there? Nathan, you hear LJ call out. You hear him say, Red, we gotta go, man. And you, LJ, are wheeling the wheelchair into Dr. Grace's room even as you're turning over your shoulder and, and yelling it out. And you see, you think you see that shadowy figure. It's not a shadow. There's a form there. It's just you can't see it. The, the, the lights are just wrong right now to see it. And maybe that's for the best because there's something wrong about it. And you can't tell what it is. Maybe just instinct. Maybe maybe remnants of all the magic that has been whirling around you lately. But you see it pause in the doorway, and then it slips back into the darkness of the lights that are out there in the hallway. It doesn't go on into the room. Nathan, what do you do when you hear this? Uh, Well, first of all, does he see anything under the bed? You lean down. Read a bad situation. Spoiler alert, it's a bad situation. <laughs> uh, let's see, that is sharp. Okay. Uh, so it's so eight. Okay, hold one. I mean, Red sees himself as wanting to be a hero, so protect the victims. There's something in LJ's voice, and it spooks you. You have a chill run down your spine just as you are lifting up the sheets that will reveal what is underneath the bed. And what is underneath the bed is nothing. Just dust bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not the bunnies again. Oh, no. <laughs> Fuck that. We did that on the fucking island. Not the cum job, huh? But you are still spooked. And so the best way to protect the victim, you don't think the best way to protect the little girl is to put her back in bed here. You... You think it's probably to get her to somewhere else, to a doctor, to a nurse, to something. So he's going to do the, yep, look, not, not at all, not, not, not at all. Let's, uh, hey, why don't you come with me? I want to introduce you to some really fun and exciting people. They're my friends. And uh, you know what? Like, like yeah, here, just come, come with me. It'll be all right. Let's go. But my mommy and daddy will expect me to be here. Oh, no, no, you, you, you'll be back here by the time they get back. It's okay. Uh, we're just going to be right here uh, down the hallway. They'll, they'll be able to find you just... Manipulate right. someone. Man, I am not rolling super great tonight, but fortunately, charm is my good one, so that is an eight. Oh, nice. Because we Texans are charming. Um, oh, oh, uh, okay, but, I mean, I mean, but if we're not, hold on. And, uh, she goes over to the desk and pulls a, a pen and, and notebook out from the drawer that's there, and she starts writing a note. Just let me just write a note to my, to my mom and dad in case... In case we're gone too long. Uh, you know what? You know they got pen and paper right down here at the nurse station. We just run down there and grab some of that. Uh, no, I'll, I'll just be a second. Oh, good lord! <laughs> Over in Grace's room. What are you doing, <laughs> Grace? I'll make sure that everything's disconnected from my person in like a way that's not going to cause terrible like harm to me or anything. But yeah, get myself in the wheelchair and start leaving. So, what is your plan here? Why are we trying to escape the hospital where you've been healing up? 
says Ethan Cray. Ethan, we are trying to escape the hospital. You may do whatever you like. Why are you trying to escape the hospital? Because we have our own problems that we need to deal with, Ethan. I suggest you handle your own. Oh, you just want um, war just roaming around the countryside. The way I see it, Ethan, the war is the responsibility of the Nyx Collective. Surely you have enough resources to deal with it. Uh, Not after Pestilence took out most of them. As I said before, we have our own problems. We intend to solve them. Come on, LJ. Snarky snark do 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 snarky snark do 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 LJ, you begin pushing Dr. Grace out into the hallway. Nathan, you are waiting for the little girl to finish her note. So Nathan and the little girl are not yet out in the hallway, LJ. That section is now dark. Doorway is now dark. A candle has gone out. What? No, this is the wrong game, what? Patrick. What? What? Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't I mention that I was playing Ten Candles over here? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Join us for part two of Hospital of Horror on the next Gothic Podcast. The Gothic Podcast is a humor and horror actual play podcast produced by C. Patrick Nagel, starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery LaFournaise, Jesse Baldwin, and Richard Southard. Season 3 of The Gothic Podcast uses rules from the Alien RPG, produced by Free League Publishing and Monster of the Week, written by Michael Sands and published by Evil Hat Productions. Theme music is by Zoe Hovland and original artwork by Jared George Art. If you enjoy The Gothic Podcast, please like, rate, and review us on iTunes. Visit our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram feeds, and check out our Patreon page. Thanks! I'm trying to find the nurse's station. I'm trying to find Haven. I'm trying to find Gracie. Even Red, man. I'll find Red. Red was a cool cat. Boy, are you in for a surprise.